Hi, and welcome to Where's Our Oscar, the podcast where we dive into the filmographies of actresses that haven't won an Academy Award and see how close they came to winning one. This season, we're doing Jennifer Aniston, um, sort of a dark horse candidate, but uh, if you would like to know how more about how we came to that decision, you listen to our introduction, introductory, introductory episode. Um, and this week, we are covering what some would say is her first foray into um an oscar role if that makes sense um she's playing a little bit against type um she's uh it's a bit of a weird role in general and like a very weird role for her but um i don't want to get into it too much also i just realized i didn't introduce anyone <laughs> i'm your host b <laughs> i'm here with my co-host millie hi and our other co-host lily Try to sound a little less enthusiastic. Damn, hi. <laughs> I'm very tired. I'm sorry that I'm operating on, like, negative 50 energy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we're covering 2002's The Good Girl. Um, directed by... Sorry, I should have searched this up before. <laughs> directed by Miguel Arteta. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, starring Jennifer Aniston, Jake Gyllenhaal, Zoe Deschanel, Mike White... John C. Riley, Tim Blake Nelson, John Carroll Lynch, a bunch of other people, um, and written by Mike White. So, uh, yeah, that's the movie. Millie, do you want to give us a quick um, plot summary? Yes, I would love to. Um, in the good girl, God, in the good girl, we follow the life of Justine, played by Aniston. She is dissatisfied and disillusioned with every facet of her life. She is stuck in what she considers a dead-end job at a grocery store, is married to a man she deems lazy and uninteresting, and feels as though she has no real connections to the people around her. When Justine meets new co-worker Holden, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, an aspiring writer who is a few years her junior, and seemingly just as disillusioned with life as she, the two form an intense bond which leads to irrevocable changes in both of their lives. Yeah. Um, did not know Jake Gyllenhaal was in this at all. <laughs> yeah. I, also, I feel like I've watched this before. Like, as I was watching it, I was thinking I've definitely seen this before, but I have no idea when. Yeah. I, I have mean, no memory of actually watching it, but I was like, I've definitely seen this before. It, it, like, se- it like, felt like a lot of different movies to me. I was like, I've seen this, like, a movie like this mm-hmm. before. Not this one. Yeah, and I was like, "This is so early two thousands cable movie." Um, the setup is very similar to what happens to Catherine Keener's character in *Lovely and Amazing* with with Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. Um, and I was like, "Huh, *Lovely and Amazing* is such a better movie." <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, it's like there's it's there's so many like tropes in this movie that I feel like, I feel like are such like late 90s early 2000s mm. um the first one being working in a grocery store <laughs> yeah whatever that is the convenience store yeah <laughs> it's like a white aid kind of isn't it yeah what is it called like something i can't remember what the store she works in is called but it was called something fun um yeah like a rodeo something mm. something rodeo wasn't it for people who just, we all watch this film today, we're not off to a good start remembering things. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
what can I say? Um, yeah, I mean, this film was like, it was kind of underwhelming. It was sort of just like, okay, this is a movie that I'm watching. I would never watch this movie if not for this podcast. Like, I would never click on this, ever. But, <laughs> but I'm the opposite, where I, I would absolutely watch this movie. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, this is appealing, or the premise appeals to a lot of my, a lot of the things that I like. Yes. Um, Should we, like, say our thoughts on this? We didn't actually say how we felt. Like, we just kind of... <laughs> Okay, let's go. Uh, let's go around. Smelly, why don't you start? What do you? What are your thoughts on this movie? Like just like one or two sentences, overarching thoughts. Okay, um, made me more depressed than I thought I would, but also I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, it was it was like a, it was a movie. My, my thoughts were like, wow, this is a movie that I'm watching. My other thoughts were, I feel like such an asshole for being like, I don't really like Jennifer Aniston because she's a very fun actress. I just hadn't seen any of her movies. So, sorry to Jennifer Aniston. Um, I, I wanted to like this movie more. <laughs> I mean, we'll get into it, but I was like, God, I should really like this movie more than I do. Like it's just not it's just not hitting the way it should. But yeah. The cast in this movie is like insane. Like the first yeah. like ten minutes when they were just like going on the different characters, I was like, Oh my god, the guy from the lobster, oh my god, the guy from Holes, oh my god, Mike White from Enlightened, oh my god, Zoe De Chanel. <laughs> just everybody. It was crazy. Yeah. I mean, truly truly like an early two thousands cast where it's just yeah. I miss one like like this movie like it's indie because it's a Fox Searchlight, which is like mm-hmm. at the time was much more Indian than it is now. Yeah. But I also feel like they just they just don't do it like this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Well. And I think that partly just might be because um like a lot of these people ended up doing bigger things after, but still like Jennifer Aniston and Jake Gyllenhaal in a movie together like. Yeah. Well, after we... Jake Gyllenhaal does Donnie Darko. Oh my god. The fact that he literally looks like seventeen, <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah, seventeen. Yeah, when she, when she asks him how old he is, and he goes twenty two. I was like, what? And he's actually twenty two. Jake Gyllenhaal was actually twenty two when that movie was made. Yes, I know. But he looks yeah like a teenager. <laughs> well, like the year before, he was like playing what sixteen in Donnie Darko. Yeah, like wild. I mean, we could like get into the fact that they don't make indie movies like this anymore, but. Really, that's like a whole other podcast. <laughs> I mean, but what I was saying, like, I think I should have liked this movie a lot more because I do like, I love Ennui. Um, <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love, I love when you have like a, an, I love an actress playing against type, um, in a movie. Um, I don't love extramarital affair. <laughs> don't even lie um but i i love like this sort of weird like i don't know whatever just like what like a fail marriage second chance at life type yeah well it's not really a fail marriage it's not no i mean this i wouldn't consider this a fail marriage movie okay um and i love like very contained stories that go off the rails but like i feel like i feel like this movie doesn't have the the script didn't feel emotional to me, mm. you know, yeah. and it didn't feel so satirical that it, that it um that you could I don't know like 
like I could watch it as um at a distance, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't feel like particularly compelled by any of the characters because, like the the Jake Gyllenhaal character, like if I had cared more, it would have definitely pissed me off more. Because I didn't really care. I was like, he's just in a silly, goofy mood, doing whatever. Like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Also, I was just thinking about. I do. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I just did want to bring up. I mean, I don't know if it's too early to bring up specific line readings, but when the fact that he goes by Holden and when she goes, she goes, your parents call you Tom. And he goes, that's my slave name. <laughs> I know. I did. Laugh. I wrote that down like genuinely insane. Um, people named Holden, never normal. People who go by Holden, even worse. <laughs> even worse. I do. Okay. I do appreciate that. The fact that um, his favorite book being Catcher in the Rye isn't like wow he's so well read but the guy like they did characterize him as like a total freak yeah they're like this kid this dude's favorite book is Catcher in the Rye um any okay we should all believe him retroactively yes you were saying I think that anyone who's out of high school who really likes Catcher in the Rye should like like is obsessed with it should be like looked upon with uh like a cautionary eye i liked that book when i read it in high school though sorry sorry i enjoyed it have to fight i know i know i know you didn't like it but honestly i don't completely trust your judgment so i'm gonna let myself have a little bit of a slide here (laughs) okay um the girl who's reading melina the girl who reads nicole kinman books that they're tossing out of the library is judging me. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, See? I mean, that's <laughs> kind of Catcher in the Rye. What do you it's want like, me to say? Even... I, one of my friends, not to de- derail this conversation, but one of my friends um, in high school when you're reading the book, she's just like, I love Catcher in the Rye. Um, my boyfriend really reminds me of holding coffee. I'm like, <laughs> huh? Red flag. <laughs> what um i haven't read it in a really long time but i read it when i was like 16 or like 15 or something yeah i read it in high school yeah did you read it catcher in the rye millie not for school but i have read it and what do you think about it yeah it's okay millie is the impartial person here i'm on the fence (laughs) i'm like i don't i didn't love it and i didn't hate it i was just kind of indifferent this is why this dynamic works because you have me on one end v on the other and Millie just in the middle to hold it all together. I'm just, I'm Switzerland. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will, like, the entire time that he was, like, calling himself Holden, I wasn't even thinking about Catcher in the Rye, though. I was just, like, thinking about Mindhunter. That name is just associated with Mindhunter for me now. Mm. Uh, Lily, Mindhunter mentioned... Mindhunter one. Hive. Mindhunter Hive, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal really fun it's sort of like in a very weird way in this movie he's sort of like the i'm like donnie darko i'm like donnie darko but a girl meme but like if you if he was a boy and also 22 i don't know like just think about it there were so many words in that sentence that didn't like not make sense <laughs> next to each other <laughs> he's like donnie darko but a girl but he's a boy and he's 22 <laughs> I feel like he's really embodying that meme. Mm-hmm. On a level that's almost that, meta. Is that a meme? 
Is that mean? Yeah, I'm like Donnie Darko, but a girl. That's I use it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but a boy. I'm like Donnie Darko, but a girl, it's, it's but a boy. A... <laughs> <laughs> and 22. Um, I think that should be your bio, V. That should be your new Twitter bio. I mean, my current bio is pro- means the same thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's like very, he's very annoying. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I, I mean, the character's supposed to be annoying. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like all the characters are sort of unlikable, which is, I don't know. I was on the fence about that. Anyway, yeah. you're going to say something and I cut you off. Who was you? I thought Lily was going oh. to say. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, I did like his little, like, Holden, whatever, Tom, his little, like, Nick Dunn moment when he was like, I want to crack open your head and peer inside. I was like, oh my god, Gone Girl mention. Sick Gone Girl reference right there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe Jillian Flynn uh, watched The Good Girl and was like, hey, this this seems like... I don't know, I don't know where yeah. I was going with that joke. Imagine um, if Gone Girl was like Jake Gyllenhaal and Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> sort of the slay. Think about it. Think about it. That's all I'm saying. Well, it could have been, quite honestly. They are a man and a woman, and she is blonde, so. Yeah. Could have Sometimes. Been. Yeah. Sometimes she's blonde, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my big thing about this movie is I was like, these characters are not unlikable enough that I want to just sort of watch their lives unravel, <laughs> but they're not likable enough for me to, like, sympathize with them. Yeah. Like, closely. I'm like, wow, her life sucks. But it wasn't much more than that, you know? Yeah. I did like her husband. I I just like John C. Riley. I think. I like sympathize with him most of the time. And he seemed like a pretty good really? guy. Uh, what? Yeah, in the lobster when he stuck his hand in that toaster. <laughs> or whatever happened, yeah. <laughs> what a, sorry. Yeah. What a weird... Like, what an odd choice of person to sympathize with like no offense but... i mean in this movie or just in general in general i mean i've only seen like some of his movies so maybe he's have you done some terrible stuff i don't but know i don't know just in this movie i was like oh, he fixed the tv oh. he's just like kind of this oaf who just like you know does whatever he's not trying to be a bad guy so i was like oh, i feel kind of bad i don't know he pisses me off in this movie okay i think he's just so like it's very annoying my favorite character was um, Zoe Deschanel's character. I knew you were gonna I say that. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> I loved her little stickers just, and beauty marks. Yeah, she just says the most insane things over the, the PA system, and I, I like it. <laughs> yeah, very fun. <laughs> I did. I loved. I loved their like little musical tributes to the people who died. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. this one's for you. <laughs> Yeah, that was. It is like I felt sympathetic for John C. Riley, and we need to we need to talk about Kevin. Well, yeah, Uh, but we're not talking about we need to talk about Kevin. (laughs) Yeah, let's. What a movie! Um. Um. Suddenly, this is a John C. Riley podcast. (laughs) Yeah, let's get into it. Maybe what? Maybe one day. Where is his um, Oscar? (laughs) Where is his Oscar? He might have one. We. Yeah, I never, I, I don't know anything about the male actor races. Like, genuinely. 
It's a little. Um, that's a little sus of you, V. The movie that I was thinking about a lot while watching this was Little Children, because I was in, um, because Little Children has a similar aim, right? Um, or like, <laughs> little, okay, bear with me. Okay. So the thing about Little Children is you have, uh, oh my god, Kate Winslet. I was about to say Rose Byrne. You have <laughs> Kate Winslet's character, um, who's like, you know, she's in this, like, marriage that sort of sucks, um she's she hates her job which is looking after her child <laughs> mm-hmm. um i don't know why i'm laughing and she like she like meets this guy and he's he's like he has this aim of doing something bigger for him it's being a lawyer but he feels like he's not he, like he's not really doing it and then they sort of like lead to each other's destruction, but they end up not leading to each other's destru- destruction because they chicken out at the last minute. Much like the good girl, right? And you have like a similar premise with um, Justine, who wants to like hate her life essentially, and she's just like looking for an escape. But little children like loves taking it to weird extremes, and this movie tries that, but it's a lot of just like late '90s shenanigans more than actual. Like, anything, like, particularly intense, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's also no pedophile in this movie, so. (laughs) Well, (laughs) yes. Um, Have you seen Little Children, Millie? No, I have not. Okay. Highly recommend. Great movie. Um, Thanks. Cool. (laughs) Definitely will take it on board. I can vouch that it is quite good. From a normal person, I also think it's quite good. <laughs> I come on this podcast. I'm constantly attacked by Lily, um, for no reason at all. Uh, yeah, but you know. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm here. So sick. It's really sick. <laughs> um, and- I don't know. It's like it has the, a lot of the stuff, as Millie was saying, that has like that other movies around this time have, but mm-hmm. it just it's not as engaging. Yeah, as I wanted yeah. it to be. Yeah. At first, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Juno, uh, not Juno, Junebug, um, but it's just not, I don't know, there was, I found a lot of things that happened in The Good Girl really random, mm. like, spoiler alert, her co-worker dying. I thought it was I like, yeah. yeah, I mean. I guess that was meant to make her feel like you can die at the drop of a hat, or like, but. Guilty, I guess. But then it didn't really i don't know yeah yeah there was just some random things i was like why why did that happen there was like almost no kind of consequence or yeah like, i don't know or there was no like build up to events yeah, yeah. Like the setup was there and not quite the payoff I, okay the whole sort of through line of them trying to have a kid um i knew the twist the big twist like as soon as they set up set yeah. it up mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i was like oh absolutely mm-hmm. and I just, like, I just couldn't understand why. I don't know, John, I found, I found the relationship, like, so, like, terrible. What do you mean by so and terrible? I was like, like, it was just, there was nothing there. Like, I can't, mm. I don't know. It's not like, it's not like, they're both working these, like, sort of dead-end jobs. And they, they want to have this kid. But neither of them seems particularly 
actually do you know what i'm saying like they don't neither of them seems like particularly interested in that idea yeah i never believed that she actually wanted a kid or that she believed it would like fix their relationship or something yeah Yeah. um and i was like why why is she staying in this marriage and trying to have a kid when she's just like she just completely given up and i was like i don't know it was it was weird Mm -hmm. i didn't really get a good sense of her motivations or anything yeah um, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's really. I. I don't know. It was just a very odd. It's really odd. There was a few. There's. I. I sort of wish, because when she goes to uh, Holden's house and she's just like, I think he should get psychiatric help for him. I thought they were gonna do like a really fun Chekhov's gun and like, have um not it's not Chekhov's gun but whatever like a callback and they were going to end it the way Catcher in the Rye ends with him in a mental hospital and I thought that it would have been very funny and ironic but then he just dies so yeah. so much for that <laughs> I like um, Chekhov's gun when they did like literally use that <laughs> I mean they bring up the gun and then that's what he kills himself with oh yeah, yeah yes yes but yeah it was it to me it felt like kind of like a half finished script it's like you have all these ideas, but they don't quite work, so you need someone to come in and polish it up. But that didn't happen. <laughs> or it just, like, that's what it felt like to me. I just wanted to quickly mention, have you guys seen the director's other movies? I've seen... What else has he done? I think I've seen one of them. Let me double check, though. I know that I know I had seen one of them. I really hate... Yeah, I've only, I've only seen Duck Butter, and I hated it. Oh. So. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I really hate it. I haven't. I've never seen it, so it is. Take your word for it. I don't know. I just found it like so uncomfortable and disgusting, and and just like not my thing. Some people like love it, but it's just not my thing. I've seen Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. What? Which apparently well, that's what directed I wanted to bring as up. well. <laughs> he also he also directed Yesterday, which I thought was he's a very they did a 180. Yeah, really odd filmography. The only one that I've um I haven't seen this movie. Oh, but I've Youth, seen and, Youth Revolt. and Revolt. Yeah, I've seen that. You have? Mhm. I haven't. I only know about movie. it because one of my friends uh V mentioning speech and debate moment. Um <laughs> did Youth and Revolt as her uh as her piece for speech and debate and it was her her version did not have anything to do with Jean Luc Godard. I will say that. So, um, I, like I ended up reading the uh the plot summary for it, and I was like, I do not remember this at all. Um, probably because it wasn't in her piece, but like a very weird filmography. I think Youth and Revolt makes more sense with the Good Girl than Yesterday does, but um, really odd. I don't know, and I don't think like that's what I wanted to bring this up because this guy right like his movies are like mediocre Mm -hmm. you know they're not even like consistently good in my opinion Mm -hmm. from what i've heard and what i've seen but he seems to be still getting work (laughs) somewhat and i i don't know if that's yeah and i it's weird to see which directors like make it through and which directors like direct two movies and stop Mm mm-hmm but I guess I guess if you're doing yesterday, you're not asking for too much creative control. <laughs> it's not hard. I don't know. Yeah, I mean his new movie has um, Rose Byrne, Salma Hayek, Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, I saw that. So, not like 
insignificant people. It's really... Very strange. It's just... Yeah. I don't know. What else did I want to say about this movie? I don't even remember. Very depressing. I agree. (laughs) Millie. Yeah. There were parts that I kind of related to, though. But um, which parts? But I I liked the one part about getting pregnant, <laughs> getting pregnant with some um, random dude. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Duh. Um, <laughs> no, I quite liked the, the parts that were like I quite liked the mundanity of it, um, in some ways. Mm-hmm. But it didn't do it very well. It wasn't like Junebug or something. Which yeah. Is... No. I feel like I need but, to... Um, oh, sorry. Sorry, I was just going to ask what you guys kind of thought about the ending. Because I was like, there's two ways you can kind of interpret, like, her, I guess, motivations for staying, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can you could say, like, so she's realised that her life was okay and now she's happy because she has a baby and everything. Or you could be... You could think, like, She's just resigned herself to, like, an unhappy life. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. You could look at it anyway. But, yeah. Yeah. I think I kind of saw it as, like, more of the latter, but not quite. I don't know. Mm. When she was talking about, like, the whole, like, empty expanse ahead of her when she was talking about, like, running away, I got I, I sort of interpreted it as, like, scared of the unknown. Like, she just settles back into comfort almost even if she's unhappy it's what she knows that's why she stays that's why she does what she does you know i was reading a really interesting letterbox review about this movie and um the person was saying that this movie is sort of an exercise in um the like the sort of like what's the word the the constant suffering of being like in Justine's shoes um and less in relation to everything and more in relation to specifically her um her encounters with the men that she meets um and I think that's an interesting take on it because I do think that she's on some level and maybe this is giving the movie too much credit but she's trying to get out of the system by using the system and so when she has like why is my printer running? <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm not. I'm gonna stop speaking right now because it's going to be so loud. Um, it's a picture of a Rolleiflex. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mia was sick. Mia Wasikowska reference. Anyway, sorry, you were saying me. Yes. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure. You said you were gonna stop speaking, but I thought you would start again now that your printer was done. Um, I was just gonna say, like, this movie kind of reminded me of like. So I'm taking this this course right now in university about, like, um, bad feelings or whatever in, in literature. And so we're talking about boredom. And this movie, right, is a lot about boredom. And the idea that, like, change and the fear of change can, like, keep people in their boring routines, even when they're miserable. I felt like that was, like, a big, a big theme in this that's what i took away from it more than anything um but it's kind of tragic in a way that's how i interpreted the ending yeah i i i think it's it's an amount of small tragedies Mm -hmm. like there's some of them which makes it like a very like i i mean like a very upsetting watch 
I don't know. I, maybe I'm like, I found it very upsetting. <laughs> like, I feel like, yeah. There's no relief mm-hmm. in the movie. It's not a dark, com- it's, it's a dark comedy. But it, um, like I didn't find it really that funny. It was somewhat. And I didn't really find it that I, yeah. But not like throughout. Like I didn't find it. I think like when I think of dark comedies, I think of movies that are like ironically funny. And I really struggled to find the irony in this yeah. rather than just like situational humor, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like there, there was no point where I was like, oh, this is an ironic moment. Like um, Zoe Deschanel's entire character, like that's funny. There's funny lines. Um, mm-hmm. And there's like little like quips, I guess. It's a very quippy movie. But I wouldn't say it's like funny mm-hmm. in that one. In the yeah, way that a dark comedy is funny. Her character's not really like comment, like a comment on anything. She's just like kind of weird. Yeah. Um. And I was reading another Letterbox review that was like, if you, uh, if this was had been made by the Cohen brothers, people would would have like loved it. If that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. if if someone told you that this was made by the Cohen brothers, you you would like it more. Um. <laughs> I don't know how you guys feel about that because I. This is going to, like, send people after me. But I don't really like the Coen Brothers stuff. I can appreciate it, but it's, like, not my thing. Mm. Um, like, I think Fargo is a good movie, but I watched Fargo and I was like, wow, this is not my thing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what you thought about that. Well, I typically enjoy the Coen Brothers movies. I love Fargo. That's, like, my favorite of those. Um but I don't know. That's an interesting comment. I mean, I definitely think that people would like, depending on the director of, or writer of something, people will choose to view it in a more positive light than they would perhaps if it was someone unknown. I definitely think that's true. I do also just yeah. think that it's kind of funny that you brought this up because the stream that I was using to watch this um, kept giving me ads for No Country for Old Men. So a little <laughs> full circle moment right there. Um yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and what are they... I think I think just in the somewhat violent, dark comedy aspect of, like, small town life. I think yeah. that's the connection they were making with the mm-hmm. Coen brothers. Yeah. It's just not, I, think, I, mean, I still think the Coen brothers are... I was just gonna say, I just... I still think the Coen brothers are more ironic than this. If that makes sense. In some of their stuff. Movie, I think that... Well, yes. And when they're not, I think they, they still... They have an emotional pull. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I don't... I don't it's they're never middle of the road like this they either they're either emotional or they're ironic you know it's not if the coen brothers made this movie it would have been a better movie i don't think there's any question about that but i do think it's it does point to a similar um trend i guess or like Mm a like a tone with that was really big then not not so big now yeah you know like little children happiness um what's that one American Beauty, like, all sort of, like, in this realm of um, somewhat dark, ironic uh, depictions of suburbia. Yeah. Yeah. That's not really a big... Yeah, and there's not many movies like that nowadays, you're right. Um, I do think it's very interesting that like, I was, like, looking at what Mike White has written, because I know he wrote this movie, and I have a perception of him as, like, a, a an esteemed writer right i'm like oh it's mike white like it's probably gonna be good but looking at his filmography 
I don't know why I have that. I mean, I know why I have that impression of him, but like, I really shouldn't. Like, most of his stuff seems to not be very well recorded. He wrote the Emoji Movie and Pitch Perfect Three. <laughs> Love that for him. I did write down some of my favorite quotes, and one of them was um, when De- when Zoe Deschanel says to the woman, she's like making over. She's like, "Oh yeah, this product has a lot of ingredients in it. It's a good deal." <laughs> it just <laughs> that's that's her selling point. It has a lot of ingredients. Me. <laughs> True. Just like not lying. <laughs> she's not lying. Just that saying moment. whatever. Yeah. Um, I, okay, I do want to mention this. Mm. I found, when Millie was saying before, where there's, like, so many things that happen in this movie that just don't really make sense mm-hmm. or, like, don't really fit into the larger scheme of things, I think her sleeping with Baba is, like, truly one of the most... When that happened, I was like, this is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I really did not like that. Yeah, I hated like, that. It's, like, it, it doesn't... Like, what changes her... Uh, what changes for her situation in that moment? Nothing really. Yeah. I mean, other than the, the fact that now Holden thinks that she just, like, has sex with anyone. But, I don't know, that nah, that moment was, like, really t- disturbing and terrible. Essentially assault. It was... Yeah, yeah it was assault. And it, it's, like, it doesn't... I feel like the movie had no idea. It sort of just felt like it was just throwing obstacles at her and being like, Let, let's see. <laughs> um... How it, how she deals with him? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Now I can I can only think about L. Oh my god. Because L is like a similar setup where it's just like, <laughs> where it's just like we have all these issues. Let's see how our protagonist deals with them, right? Yeah. But in L, it's like, it's um, like you're just like, oh, she's uh, she has the capability of dealing with this. The thrill is just trying to figure out how she's going to use that, right? In this movie, it's just like we're just watching terrible things happen to this woman mm-hmm. over and over again. Yeah. Um, without much relief. <laughs> Sick L mention. Not, not a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I was just so, thinking. So far, you have Little Children, Mindhunter, L. Mindhunter. Oh my god. Should we get into Mindhunter and why it's the best show ever? Yeah, we should. Um, <laughs> it'd be much more fun than this movie. <laughs> well, the people need to know about the good girl. Do they? Um, I was just, I, I was looking at my notes and <laughs> seeing what else I had to say. When, when we're talking about, like, things that just, like, happen and, and don't get resolved, the whole Blackberries thing, I really thought they were gonna do, like, either, okay, so, um, what's her name? Gwen died of something else and not the Blackberries, and that's why they didn't hold Holden. I thought they were gonna, like, say that, but no. It just, like, doesn't get brought up. <laughs> she just, like, smacks and I went, know, exactly. I was, what? Huh? What about those fucking blackberries? I don't. They were no Chekhov's gun moment there. Yeah. Like, and that she, he just ate some blackberries. Yeah. First rule of screenwriting: you have to resolve it. If you bring it up twice, you better bring it up a third time. And they brought it up twice and not a third time. So, very Mike White going to screenwriting jail for that one. Um, I did like who's his warden? <laughs> huh? Who's his warden? Who's his warden? Um, Do you think it's Aaron Sorkin? <laughs> yeah, Aaron Sorkin. You know who's in there with him? Don Roos. Who? The guy who wrote Happy Endings. <laughs> <laughs> and Diabolique. 
<laughs> no, definitely great screenplay. No, it is great. It is great. And why did he follow it up with happy endings? That <laughs> you gotta. We have to see. I was gonna say something, but I. What? Moving on. Okay. <laughs> Sick diabolic mention. Hey, I got bring it up at least once. It had it had to come up somewhere. What a fun movie. Um. Not you know what's not a fun movie? The Good Girl. No. I did. What is fun though is when she called his lips pouty like a woman. <laughs> it was like sick compliment. Like you just meet someone, and then there were some great one-liners in this. Yes, I will admit. Yeah, like I, I'll let him have that. Yeah. Um, when when um Mike White said, "Bumping your nut on a Bible." <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> does that even? mean like who says bumping a nut and doesn't mean it sexually the whole bible thing i thought was a little funny too bad it didn't have any relevance to the story like yeah (laughs) when um the guy bubba i don't know who's that his name the guy from holes okay Mm -hmm. yeah and he's like if i was a woman i'd be a slut i'd be a lesbian slut and i was like cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, why did they put that in? It's so weird. Because uh, it was 2002. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking True. of Jennifer. The fact that they were just like stoned yeah. all the time was really weird to me as well. Just... I was like, I... why? I don't know. They just didn't seem like the kind of guys who would just be stoned all the time. I was like, maybe if they'd made it like yeah, they, they were just drinking beers. Yeah. That would have been more believable to me. Weird. I don't know. For some reason, it just didn't fit with their characters. Anyway. Um, I was just going to say, speaking of um, Jennifer Aniston, like, lesbian moments, I can't believe Reese Witherspoon is confirmed gay in the morning show. Um, <laughs> this will be the second... <laughs> yeah, the second... The second episode where we But now it it's confirmed. Now it's confirmed. Yeah. And I can't believe I learned through a message from UV. I don't know That was, like, half misspelled. 5 a.m. <laughs> Good morning. I found out from the timeline just everyone going, Reese Witherspoon gay? And I was so confused because for a second I thought came out. actual Reese Witherspoon had come out. And I was like, I don't know how to feel about this. And then I was like, oh, the morning show. She but I'm still out, like, I don't know how to feel about this. So, be like, um, I mean, I can be a lesbian, no. but I draw the line at Reese Witherspoon. Like, hey, she can be in like she can be in like the Ellen DeGeneres gang. That's so no, Reese is nicer than Ellen. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe nicer is a relative term, but she's nicer than Ellen. Um, yeah. I did end true. up. I did start the morning show. Um, it is definitely a show. I don't watch television. Yeah. So every time I do watch television, I'm like, wow, this is how the other half lives. <laughs> um. <laughs> Great, Judd Franiston, great in that show, by the way. Really is fun. She, is she fun? Um, That's good. Good for her. Yeah. So let, let's talk about her performance. This is the Jennifer Anderson season. Um, she's really good in this. You know, I feel like she doesn't have much yeah, to work I with. I really liked her. And she could have made this, like, very, like, one note and sort of drab. But she's, like, generally, like, very... She's, like, the only compelling part of this character. Um, yeah. I thought she was fun. I don't fun. know what you guys think. I thought she was fun. Yeah, her performance was my favorite part yeah. of the movie, I think. I mean, and you, like, 
you really feel for her, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think it would be really easy to play this character with, like, straight, unfiltered cynicism. Um, but I think she she remains hopeful, if that's the right word. Mm-hmm. You know? She still has, like, some sort of aspiration for something better. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily written in the script. I think that part of that is just how Jennifer Aniston is playing the character. I mean, all my... I mean, I still... I find her interesting. I feel like I judged her too harshly because she is more interesting than I anticipated coming into this season. Well, I mean, again, we're not watching, like, her rom-coms, so... Yeah, thank God. Um, Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not in that <laughs> respect. Um, I thought it was a great choice that they named her Justine. She looks like a Justine. She yeah. really does. I was like, this makes perfect sense. That this woman mm-hmm. would be named Justine. 10 out of 10 for that part of the screenplay. I do think Jake Gyllenhaal also looks like a Tom. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Whenever I... Is his name Tom in Wildlife, or did I just make that up? I don't know. He, I feel like his character... I did watch that movie, though. Yeah. If he's not Tom in that movie, he should be Tom in that movie. Wildlife, what a great movie. I know. Very good. Very good. Another, like, Jake Gyllenhaal is a little bit of a freak. freak. I mean, that's every movie. <laughs> he's just a it's perpetual just like freak. He's a little freaky. Yeah, a little freak. Yeah. Those, the Gyllenhaals, those siblings. I mean, sure. who doesn't love Maggie? We love Maggie. I love Maggie. Maybe it's hearsay, but um, Maggie is my preferred Gyllenhaal of choice. Hearsay? I don't know. I don't think that's the right word. Heresy? What's the word? Heresy. Great. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I agree. Lost Daughter High. That's one go stream on Netflix. Lost Daughter High. Comes out. I have no idea. It's going to be so fun. Even if it's like bad, I will be um, writing for her. I mean... Yeah, I trust Maggie Gyllenhaal's judgment. She did Secretary. She also did The Kindergarten Teacher. She also did Happy um, Endings. Jesus Christ. <laughs> happy Endings mentioned number two. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, if I, if, I, if I ever get through that movie... Um, We're gonna watch it together. What do you mean? I mean, yeah. That still doesn't promise me getting through it. <laughs> Um, yeah. Do we have any, like, I feel like there's not much to talk about. I think we basically, it's not a long movie either. It's only, like, an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, definitely. Um, Do we have anything else to say about the movie? Not really. Also, I mean, this is not about the movie, but I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. I was waiting for someone to interrupt (laughs) me and stop me, and then no one did, so, um... (laughs) I was just gonna say, I think I realize why, like, when we record these episodes, I always feel like we're, like, so relaxed and, like, mellow, and it's because I watch, I listen to them. When I listen to them back, I listen to them on 1.8 times speed, (laughs) so when we're just talking normally, I'm like, wow. (laughs) You're talking so slowly. Yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, question. Do we have to go through the entire Oscar race for this year, or can we just do the Best Actress race? I'm not particularly fond of any of the other characters' performances, 
or the screenplay or the direction. Okay, we'll talk about best actress then. Yeah. Just just we can just do actress, yeah. Um I was just I just wanted to ask in case uh someone felt like this is Nicole this Kidman. This is Nicole Kidman, yeah, isn't it? This is Nicole Kidman. Um in a great movie, I assume. Yeah, you haven't seen it, so don't even um, <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah. Peter O'Toole was an honorary award recipient. Peter O'Toole. Yeah, who I know from. You know, he plays the critic in Ratatouille. Um, but he's also in this terrible, terrible Isabel Huppert movie called Rosebud. Um, oh, that's which for like three days I was obsessed with. Not the movie, but just the production history of it. Three um, days. Because I don't know. Three days. What? It's been like a month. Three days. <laughs> Rosebud? Yeah. Like that specific movie? Absolutely not. We have talked about it Absolutely. several times. Yeah, over three days. <laughs> <laughs> History is being revised before my very eyes. I'm I'm gaslighting Lily in real person. Um but yeah, it's a terrible movie. It's on Amazon Prime, but it's like it's very, very bad. And I cannot believe that it it was a movie that got made just incredibly randomly, and it played can. So moving on from that, best actress this year, Nicole Kidman wins for The Hours. Um, also nominated Salma Hayek for Frida, Diane Lane for Unfaithful, Julianne Moore for Far From Heaven, Renee Zellweger for Chicago. I don't think she was getting in. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. No. That it's no. like I can't see it fitting in with these. Others. Isn't there like some controversy about the fact that um, Salma Hayek didn't get as like big of a campaign for Frida? Because yes, it's the whole thing with Miramax. Yeah, that's right. And um, from what I recall, and I I might be wrong about this, but um, Miramax was not happy with the final cut of that movie. I think they wanted uh, they wanted it to be more racy mm-hmm. or something like that, something along the lines of that. Um, and Salma Hayek, as one of the producers, didn't want that. Yeah. And so uh, Weinstein like uh, throttled her campaign essentially, um, in in favor of Nicole Kidman in the hours yeah. or the hours in general. But even with that, I don't think there's any. I like all of these perform. I haven't seen Unfaithful, I will admit. But I like the rest of these performances more than mm-hmm. um. Julianne Moore get double than... nominated that year. She must have. Was she in supporting? Yeah. Yes, yes. She supporting did. and actress, best actress. Queen. Mm-hmm. Um. Did did uh did Jennifer Aniston get any nominations for this? Because this seems sort of like a Golden Globes movie, mm-hmm. you know, a little mm-hmm. bit. She. Um, very, very interesting. She got, she got the Teen Choice Award. Slay. Oh, bitch. Love. Incredible. That's so, the teenagers in 2002. Yeah. They were like, let's rally around Jennifer Aniston, the good girl. I mean, this was like, Head Friends ended by this point, or was that a few years later? Yes. Yeah, and it ended. I, I, it was okay. right around so the time she was still like very in the conscience of the public. Still, I mean, she still is. It's but. Still, like, 
Yeah. Still wild, though. Um, and it also got an Indie Spirit Award for Best Screenplay. Absolutely not. Sometimes I wondered I, if my see, wife was going to get anything. Sometimes I look at, like, old Indie Spirit winners, and I'm like, were you guys this desperate? <laughs> like, is that why <laughs> they had, you, like, literally anyone? I thought you said that you wanted them to nominate more weird movies, V. This is what you get when you nominate weird ass This stuff. is not weird. This is, this is mediocre. It, weird what but came out in 2002 that would have been weird let me look at my letterbox where was the uh i think naomi watts should have been nominated for the wing i think naomi i mean they oh, were absolutely. definitely not in the same category she probably naomi watts probably did win the teen choice award for the ring i would not be surprised honestly teens love naomi watts do they or are you just projecting as a teen <laughs> <laughs> oh, <second. laughs> i'm not secretary that's a great screenplay and adaptation um, and it goes down also a great screenplay see look so many good ones yeah and another movie that i um, won't mention because like, i don't want you to get started on it no please say it please say it no. please say it no say no. it no <laughs> literally say it. no um anyway <laughs> well i'm looking it up so. yeah you're gonna realize in about two seconds what it is um Iggy Goes Down is a great screenplay. Susan Sarandon should have been in there for Best Supporting Actress. And for the terrible alcoholic yoga-eating mom. I think she... Is she not? Is she not nominated? I didn't look. You know, weirdly coincidental. I'm gonna Um, kick you out of this call. How do I do that? How do I do that? Millie, do you know? Force mute. I'm so euphoric over the fact that I can mention duh, <laughs> that I'm crying real tears. Wait, um, I'm trying to mute you. I can't figure out how to do it. <laughs> Block. Duh, 2002, directed by Werner Schroeder, written by Werner Schroeder, starring Isabel Huppert in a dual role as sisters Mary and Magdalena. Um, a phenomenal movie. I keep pressing mute on you and it's not. <laughs> I think you're muting yourself, honestly. God. Um, no, yeah, I, where, where is the indie spirit for a dog? I do not care that it was never actually released and only paid Venice. Um, I still think that movie is great and much better than The Good Girl. Um, Dirty Pretty Things was also this year. Was that indie? I feel like Dirty Pretty Things was indie. Um, it didn't get the original screenplay nomination for, um, it got the Oscar nomination, so it's odd that it didn't. Maybe it was nominated. I just cannot see it. Mm. Let me, uh, let me go to the indie spirits. Um, Ice Age came out this year. So will. Great screenplay. I don't know. I literally haven't seen that movie mm. since I was like, what? Yeah. So, uh, best screenplay at the indie spirits. The Good Girl does win over Lovely and Amazing, Roger Dodger, Thirteen Conversations About One Thing, and Tully. Tully. Not not Tully. <laughs> Not Tully, our Tully. <laughs> not Charlize Theron in a great role. That also makes me quite depressed. No, not that Tully. Tully, um, starring Glenn Fitzgerald, Anson Mount, and Bob Burris. Um, so it's all, it's actually very interesting that Lovely and Amazing, because Lovely and Amazing, I guess, did come out this year. I thought it was mm-hmm. the year before. Yeah. Um, and he's literally playing 16 in Lovely and Amazing. Uh, and Lovely and Amazing, I think it's, Maybe my least favorite Hall of Center that I've seen so far. 
but uh first of all it's about sisters that have issues which i love um it has mommy issues which i love and it's uh it has katherine keener who i love so mm-hmm. in many respects it's better than this movie uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also it's jake gyllenhaal jake gyllenhaal was just doing what the fuck ever in the early 2000s he was just doing whatever literally also this year is uh demon lover um <laughs> what is that you don't know what demon lover having no, did don't. i never talk to you about demon lover clearly not okay surprising considering mm. you tell um it's an olivier uh, it's an olivier sas movie about um economic hentai wars <laughs> <clears throat> Starring oh, Gina Gershon. Well, not starring Gina Gershon. She's not the star of it, but it, in the cast, um, oh, it's a French actress wait. whose name I cannot okay, remember. I think I know what you're talking about now. I just didn't realize it was called Demon Lover. And uh, it has Gina Gershon and Col- uh, Chloe Sevigny. Sevigny? I'm not that's her last name, sorry. Gina Gershon is um, so real, though. Love her. She, uh, her little shirt that says, I love gossip. So true. <laughs> Honestly? Um, what it? We should do a deep dive on her filmography. Who the hell does Showgirls and Bound back to back? Crazy people. <laughs> well, those are just gay exploitation films. So, I mean, honestly, <laughs> me. Me if I was an actress who could act. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, she she knows her audience. She sure does. <laughs> she know, she gets typecasted and pro- possibly the best typecast ever. <laughs> gay person who is morally um, ambiguous? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Demon Lover. You should have been nominated, even though it's in French. It's, it's like half of it is in French, but the Gina, Gina Gershon parts are in English. And she mm. says things like, LauraCraftHentai.com is taken. It's this is 2002. How? Yes. That's like, we using dial up to get your hentai? Like, that's like, kind of fucked up. <laughs> um big fan i mean it's not like i love the movie but i did enjoy watching it mm-hmm. um loaded statement just other stuff this year bend it like beckham great movie i think it's too british to have been part of the indie spirits mm-hmm. um techno lust which is just a bizarre movie i didn't even really like it um but i can respect uh tilda swinton playing four different characters oh for fun, I guess. Good for her. Tilda All in different wigs, by the way. She's so weird. I don't think that's a real person. I think she was snuck on oath for real. Like, <laughs> let's not be mean. I wait. I'm not allowed to be mean. I'm not allowed to be mean. <laughs> <laughs> let's not be mean to Tilda Swinton, who I really appreciate. Um, I think about her showing up at Cannes last year with a mask, except the mask was like a, like a, like a decorative eye mask, and I don't know if she just didn't get the memo, or why that happened. Um, no, she, she did not have a face mask on. She didn't know that it was a pandemic, like, because she can't get sick, because she's not human. That's why. Huh? Sorry. So I mean it affectionately. I mean it affectionately. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Now you're trying uh, to backtrack. No, what, if, what if does Millie, I condemn you for being mean. If Millie scolds me, it's like like my my aunt or my mom being like, "That was too much." And then when V does it, it's like, "Okay, what are you gonna do to me? What are you gonna do?" 
Um, what else? What and the only other movie that I wanted to bring up was La Vie Promise, which is a movie starring Isabel Huppert that was directed by the guy that made Grace of Monaco. Um, and it's not very good or relevant, but she does wear a blondie shirt in it. Um, Did that come out in two thousand two, or are you just bring it up because you want yeah, to? Yeah, two thousand two. No, I'm. <laughs> no, it came out in two thousand two. I like to connect things. Mm. I like to have a thorough line in our conversation, and also Men in Black too. <laughs> And that's all. Wow. Uh, Great movie. Yeah. Um, you know, um can't believe the good girl got this indie spirits. Sometimes I wish the indie spirits would be not like that. <laughs> um But I'm glad that Jennifer Aniston does have an indie spirit for the good girl. I do think it's a good performance. Who was she up against? Did we check that? I probably probably did not. Sorry. Turns out I was lying. She didn't win it. She didn't win. I've been lied to by Google. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston did not win an indie spirit for the good girl. Julianne Moore won for Far From Heaven. Um, up I against think- Maggie Gyllenhaal for Secretary, Catherine Keener for Lovely and Amazing, and Parker Posey for Personal Velocity. Literally, this lineup is like my best friends. That is Maggie Gyllenhaal was robbed. Robbed. Julianne Moore mm-hmm. playing a gay man's wife. Okay. Okay. Literally not even acting. <laughs> I don't know her husband. <laughs> Maggie Gyllenhaal should have that award. How many people are we going to insinuate? How many, like, times are we going to say that celebrities are in lavender? I just like saying Seriously. it. Seriously, fine. <laughs> we should we should keep a record. Keep a <laughs> I mean, we'll, keep, we'll start keeping the record when we start getting the season desists in the mail. That's when you know we'll, we'll, we have made it. We're that. influential. Yeah, we'll start well. getting season desists. I mean. I'm kind of homophobic to be upset that someone insinuates that you're in a lavender marriage. <laughs> well. Anyway, that Maggie Dillon Hall should have that award. She's insane. For sec. She's so fun. But, like, I just really wanted to talk about this lineup because it's literally my best friends. Literally, oomph circle. Okay, you can't say that because no one knows what the fuck you mean by that. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> As if that's who stopped you from saying anything. <laughs> who knows what who... Diabolic 19... <laughs> if they listen to this podcast, they know. I've brought it up four times. <laughs> um, You can't say that that's Oomph Circle, which means a group of friends, because then someone has to be Maggie Dylan Holland's secretary. <laughs> who is Maggie Dylan Holland's secretary be? Enlighten me. I will tell you after we stop recording. I'm holding the microphone to you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not insinuating that it's me, by the way. Well, I know who now it is. you've insinuated me, that though. it's you. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> you, you can't go. It's not me, though. And expect anyone to not then think it's you, though. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't want to put them on blast. Mm. So, uh, um, but I'll let you know after the show. Okay. You can subscribe to our Patreon to yeah. figure out who. <laughs> Who's Maggie Gyllenhaal and secretary? You um, should, jokes, we don't have a Patreon. We should do a Patreon so that way we can have, like, watch party. Watch party secretary with us. Exclusive VIP pass. It's an idea. Watch party, actually, this entire lineup. Uh, lovely and amazing. Fun movie. Not my favorite, but fun. I've literally, uh, have not seen Personal Velocity, but I've, I watched Clock Watchers. I was like, wow, Parker Posey, what a person. So I might watch it. Um, probably will watch it at some point. Secretary, we've already established. Great movie. Um, Far From Heaven. 
Patricia Clarkson homophobic? Absolutely the most unbelievable thing in the world. Well, you weren't on the Academy or in the Indie Spirit jury in 2002, so I guess I guess you lucked out on trying to figure out if if Julian Moore deserved the Indie Spirit. Um, yeah, why wasn't I on it? Big years for the. Yeah, why weren't I you was on two it? months old? Should have been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, big year for the Gyllenhaals. Did Jake was Jake Gyllenhaal? I love starting beef between family members. Jake Gyllenhaal was nominated for anything. You heard it here first. There was beef. Jake and Maggie, Jill- yeah, there was beef between them. Um, Can you believe that? If I was Maggie Gyllenhaal, I would have started beef with my brother for fun, yeah. for the fun of it. Fun. I, I still do that. I do that in real life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love when there's like long silences because we're all just reflecting on what we've said. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, why did we say that? Why? Um, Do we have anything to add? I was just, the only thing I have written down left is the quote. I saw it in your eyes that you hate the world and I hate it too. Um, With the addition, this is how V and I met. (laughs) I think, yeah. It is beautiful, I think. Fair, fair. Yeah. Um, I'm a hater at heart. You are. Um... Yes. I love being, yeah, so true, so true. People who work at grocery stores freak me out. Sorry. Um, I used to, I used, uh, we had this fundraiser thing for speech and debates. Second speech and debate match, and God put a muzzle on me. Uh, <laughs> uh, where we would, basically, like, our closest grocery store doesn't bag groceries. They'll give you the bags, but you, like, you have to bag them yourselves. Um, but what we would do is we would stand at the end of the register and bag people's groceries and be like, could you please donate to our speech and debate team? Um, and yeah, not a not a fun job. Um, and uh, the people who worked there just were really pissed off all the time, even though they were they were like our age. They were teenagers. And I was like, why are you why are you so mad at me? Why are you so mad at me wow. for bagging your groceries? Yeah. The inherent desperation of being in speech and debate. Let's talk about it. <laughs> also, I just want to say, in the UK, like, everyone bags their own groceries. So hearing you say that that's, like, weird is Yeah, usually they have, weird. like... What do you mean bags their own groceries? Usually they have some. Like, no one bags our groceries for us. We do it ourselves here. <laughs> yeah, well... We're bagging other people's groceries, so, like, we were, like, forcefully being, like, we're bagging your groceries. Please give us money. It's like, yeah, no, I get that, but, like, you said they don't bag your groceries for you. Yeah, because in a, in a lot of stores. places they do. I was like, yeah. that's weird to me. Yeah. Not usually mm-hmm. grocery stores, I don't think, but, um. Anyway. But if you're, like, at Walmart. Yeah. I feel like they do it. Yeah. Like, big chains. Yeah. Although it's always terrible. They always put the like breakable shit at the bottom. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> the bananas at the bottom, underneath the weed can? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> anyway, I digress. I think we're good. I think we're good on the good girl. Weird title. Didn't get mm-hmm. it. Don't get it. And when he said, I guess it's because, you... yeah, like when she wraps out Tom, he's like, oh, good girl. Yeah. Like, oh. Weird. 
something. It's not the the last third of this movie really put a bad taste in my mouth. Mm. Didn't like her husband slapping her. Why was that necessary? Yeah, was... Why couldn't they just argue? Yeah. It was very odd. Um, anything else? Yeah, it just made me really depressed. I really need to watch Clock Watchers. This just made me want to watch Clock Watchers. Clock Watchers is also depressing, but sort of fun. I love Tony Collette. Depressing, like a fun, cunty way. Tony Collette, so true. Yeah. And that's a great cast, too. Tony Collette, um, why I can't remember her name. Also from Friends. Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow, Parker Posey. How fun. Are we going to do recommendations Um, now? Oh, we, I was going to rate the movie oh. and then we'll do recommendations. Sorry. All right. Yeah. Um, so at the end of every episode, we rate the movies uh, we watch on a scale of one to five Oscars. One being this movie deserves no Oscars. Five being this movie deserves all of them. Um, so, Millie, would you like to start? Okay. I'm going to go with a two just because it's not the worst, but it's pretty... I don't know, it's it's just mm-hmm. underwhelming. So, yeah, two. How <laughs> about you? Three. <laughs> Why is Fina not speaking? <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't tell if you were speaking yeah, like, to me. I couldn't yeah. tell. Yeah. Um, okay, I would give it a 1.5, and all 1.5 of those Oscars goes to Jennifer Aniston. I think this is actually a really mm. good performance. Mm-hmm. Um, in a very yeah. mediocre role and in a very mediocre movie, I think it's just it's it's diffi- it's like this movie could be very like straight up cynical, and I think she's she does interject some humanity into all of it, mm. while also not betraying the source material, if that makes sense. Um, and literally only for that, only for her performance, one point five. Mm-hmm. Lily, what do you think? I, I mean, you guys are being nicer than me. I was originally just going to give it a 0.5, but I'll give it a 1. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry oh. to Jennifer Aniston. It was just like a, eh, whatever movie. And that's the worst type of movie to me. Boring. Um, alrighty. Uh, and now for our recommendations every week. Uh, we have, we give a recommendation to our listeners, um, because all of us love consuming media and <laughs> having other people consume media that we like. So, Lily, uh, what's your recommendation for this week? Oh, God. I really, it's a bad choice for me to go first because I'm trying to think of one to recommend and I can't think of like fun stuff that I've watched in the past few days. So, come back to me. Um, everyone's talking about this, but I just like binged it over two days. So, um, Squid Game. So good. Is it on so, Netflix? So, so good. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I don't know if it's on any other platforms. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's very cool. Um, do I have to elaborate on what it's about or? <laughs> yeah, I want to. V, shut up. Let me hear. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so it's set in South Korea and all these people. I think uh, the main guy lives in Seoul, I think. If not, I'm sorry. I'm not good on South Korean geography. Um, and all of these various people are approached by a stranger. They all have money worries. And they're approached by a stranger who says, 
if you win this game, then I'll give you money, blah, blah. And then they're given a card with a phone number to ring. Um, and then they're kind of abducted and taken to a facility where they have to compete in games against mm-hmm. each other to win a large amount of money. Okay. So, yeah, fun times. Mm. Okay, V, it's now your turn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm... I've been thinking about this movie a lot lately, so this will be my recommendation. Um, my recommendation this week is Anoza Moore's, uh, which I talked to Lily about. <laughs> um, it's basically it's a coming of age story about um, this fifteen year old girl played by Sandrine Bonaire. I don't know why all my sounds in that sentence were just off, but um, she's it's basically just like she has a pretty fraught relationship with everyone in her family and she's trying to like seek love I guess um externally and she wants to be loved and just sort of her experience with that it's very meditative and very um very slow um but I don't know there's something about it that is just very satisfying to watch it's difficult to explain um but yeah it's, it's on the Criterion channel um and I don't know. I, I recently just read the analysis, I guess, on it um, in a m- book on Maurice Piallet, who directed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's been just on my mind. So that's my recommendation. And I really do. I really do love that movie. Um, so. All right, Lily. Okay. Sorry. I'm. St- um, okay. I guess I'll recommend this. So. It has, like, very little connection to, like, anything that we've talked about today, other than you might be, like, very depressed after watching what I'm going to recommend. Um, I've just been thinking, I've also been thinking about this movie a lot for, like, no apparent reason, really, but there's this film that came out in 1982. It's called Koyana Squadsy. I don't know if anyone has, like, heard of this movie, but it is um, a movie completely without dialogue. And it is just, uh, like, locations uh, around the U.S. set to Philip Glass music. And it's it's kind of like a visual poem, almost. Um, and it's quite short. It's only, like, 80 minutes long. But it's really, really cool and really good. So that's what I'm going to recommend this week for, like, meditative movies that might depress you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I, I would consider... Uh, the good girl meditative, but <laughs> no, but uh, definitely did depress me. Um, any yeah. final thoughts? Oh my gosh, we didn't we didn't go over the IMDb trivia of this movie. Not is uh, trivia? what what do we think? Yeah, this does not seem like a trivia movie, but you know who knows? Um, sometimes they just surprise you. Yeah, I. Um, this is like really. I watched The Godfather like right before I watched this movie. Very, like, weird double feature going on here. Um, <laughs> both, I hate to say it, both were a little underwhelming. <laughs> no offense to God's son. Sure a take. They're, they're not in the same arena, but, like, I don't know. I don't want to hate on the Godfather, so. Um, so, uh... To make Jennifer Aniston look more worn down, 
Um, the director made her wear wrist weights for several weeks prior to filming. Um, she also wore them in some of the scenes a bit much. Uh, we're going a bit Nicole Kidman here. Um, um. Okay. Uh, Was her posture that good? They were like, we need to do something to drastically change your posture. Like <laughs> She just got, she just gets um. scoliosis because of this movie. That would be... <laughs> okay, I, I'll, I get, I'll get to this. That is very Nicole Kidman. Um, she also worked with a dialogue coach for two months to perfect her text and accent, which is funny because this film was shot in 33 days. It seems like much more trouble than it's worth, but you know, whatever. Um, according to Jennifer Aniston, uh, the first draft of the script was the shooting script. We can tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do I say this now? I guess I'll say it now. At one point, Mike White was attached to di- direct this movie. With Laura Dern starring. Bitch, oh my god. Laura Dern <laughs> mentioned? <laughs> and this would have been a film with Jake Gyllenhaal in like three years. Really weird. Um, thank god. I mean, this would have been like a weird movie for her to do. I'm not saying she wouldn't have done it because this was like peak unemployment, but like. <laughs> This would have been weird. That would have been so strange to have Laura Dern in this. I would imagine her more as, like, the Gwen character. <laughs> but that's just me. And instead of that, we got enlightened. So I'm thankful. Yeah, well, you know, one person's good girls, another person's enlightened. Um, um don't even... <laughs> don't start. Uh, also... Interestingly, Reese Witherspoon and Catherine Keener were considered for the role of Justine. Um, Imagine if we had had Laura Dunn and Reese Witherspoon in this. Or, it, what an interesting group of people. Yeah. Super, like, super 90s, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like Catherine Keener was too, would have been too old at that point to play Justine. Oh, wait. No way. I lied, I lied. I was thinking Justine was the, um... Zoe Deschanel character. I forgot. No, no, no. J- J- yeah. Bruce Lisbon is too young uh, now. <laughs> um, Lord, like, uh, it's like, as I was saying, this movie is, like, very similar to Lovely and Amazing, just in my eyes, because Jake Gyllenhaal is sleeping with a woman older than him. Um, Catherine Keener would have been very, I don't know, very odd in this role, in my opinion. It would have been a um, weird Reese movie. I kind of, uh, yeah. Uh, this movie's already just odd, and I sort of don't want to think about it with other people. Um, also, Mike White's screenplay was roughly inspired by Madame Bovary. Oh my god. Sick, sick Isabel Hubert mm. reference. I mean... <laughs> Thank you. Stand your ground. <laughs> the way he was literally like, oh, it's about a woman who's born and has affairs. Madame Bovary reference? Like who? Who? Bovary. Bovary. What? Not saying it correctly. It's fine. I'm not saying it correctly. Um, I'm not saying it correctly. Okay. It's literally a French book. Me. Who cares how it's pronounced? French isn't real. Um. I have a story. I have a story for you after we finish recording. Um. Mm. I'm gonna leave the call. Yeah, that's it. Wait after we finish. So I don't get to hear it. <laughs> Lily hates me. Lily spends every waking moment praying on my downfall yes um 
Danny DeVito has a special thanks in the credits, and so does Spike Jones. Congratulations to Danny DeVito and Spike Jones. You're now forever in the credits of The Good Girl. Just like, just the way that Nicole Kidman is forever in the credits of American Beauty. That really, that, what a... What a choice. Huh, you know, like, what a choice. Um, Do you have any final thoughts before we end? I think we should end this podcast. (laughs) That's my final thought. You can leave. Okay. (laughs) Bye, guys. tomorrow you'll be kicked out of the group chat and you'll have to be like v please add me back to the group chat no more am i the permanent guest i am not so permanent it lasted lasted two (laughs) two days um all right um i feel like we should thank you for listening yeah (laughs) okay let me yeah thank you (laughs) Thank you for listening. Um, you can check us out at Where's Our Oscar on Twitter. Like, subscribe, rate, review, talk about us. I don't know. Um, tell your friends. Talk about Helps us. Helps us with visibility. Um, we'll be back next week, maybe. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> with another episode. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.